mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello and welcome to Sentimental Garbage, the podcast where we talk about the culture we love that society sometimes makes us feel ashamed of. My name is Karen O'Donoghue and I'm the hand-drawn calligraphy that no one took the time to fucking notice. Joining me is a bride whose wedding is really more of a festival. Lauren Bravo. Hello. (laughs) We just want everyone to feel like they're at a party. (laughs) Just chill, no fuss, might wear a jumpsuit. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Like, it's just a big love fest. And you know what? If we don't tell people it's a wedding, everything will be cheaper. How many of us have tried that? It doesn't work. Yes, I've ha- I've known people who've done the um, it's an anniversary or it's a silver wedding anniversary mm. thing, and it has worked. Has it? Yeah. Oh, nice. It's nice to know somebody has pulled off the ruse. Yeah, <laughs> the ruse. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Today we're talking about weddings. Um, I, I think this is probably, what, like, in terms of culture that women are obsessed with that we're constantly to made feel bad about being obsessed with to the point where we like go through several layers of gaslighting ourselves both telling ourselves we care don't care care but don't want to look like we care all this sort of like mental jujitsu that we do mm-hmm. on ourselves it is a basket of snakes <laughs> oh my god there's so many layers to it and it is really the ultimate sentimental garbage because yeah. there's nothing more sentimental or more filled with garbage <laughs> In our modern world, than a wedding. Yes. Yeah. Like the waste alone. <laughs> like the lit- I know you're the like sustainable fashion girl. Uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean I still don't have cupboards full of wedding crap. Like you know, enormous like, boards printed with our table plans, tiny little glass bottles that have that single sort of pomegranate stick yeah, yeah, in it yeah, or something. Yeah. 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 So I re- like I wanted to get you in on this because um, I remember for a while. And uh, we were the two girls who had been with our boyfriends for a thousand years, mm. but for some reason weren't married or engaged. Yeah. And then I remember coming to your house a couple of years ago for a podcast that since got accidentally deleted. Oh yeah, that one. And I remember, and it's, what's funny is you're always someone I see like, you know, a handful of times a year and it's, and it's always lovely. And you were like, I have something to break to you. I'm getting engaged. I'm really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Or I've gotten engaged. And I did, I felt like such a traitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, so we were together for 11 years before we got engaged. Mm -hmm. And we were very much that couple that were like, maybe we never will. Maybe, maybe it's not that important to us, you know, we're very happy, why mess with things? Mm. Maybe we'll just be the, and do you know what, Emma Bunton and Jay Jones (laughs) from Damage, stay with me. They had been together since 1998 mm-hmm. and they weren't married. And I was like, that's that's great. I'll, we'll just be like them. And then they got married. And I'm not saying that's why we did it. It's like, that's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, we were kind of, we were almost the opposite of what you're supposed to say. So we really mm. just wanted the big celebration. Like we yes. actually wanted the party. We wanted to bring everybody we love together in one room, mm-hmm. friends and family. We kind of, we wanted the big knees up. Yeah. You know, the actual legal part, obviously, you know, did take on some importance once we sort of started planning it, but it was never really about that so much. Really? Which you're not supposed to admit, are you? That's the, no, that's so interesting. Mm. Like, I think it's this thing that, um, for I was the same as you. For years, I was like, this is not my, this is not my bag. And I think that was a lot, part of it was mired in, like, just being young. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it was genuine sort of a real a real belief of like this really means nothing why bother why mess with a good thing really expensive don't have the money blah 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 all that stuff and then part of it was was cool girl syndrome yeah. it's like sure, surely I'm too interesting to want to get married <laughs> <laughs> and like, I get that way with babies sometimes as well when I think about having a baby I'm like surely I'm too interesting to want a child <laughs> So silly. Oh, but no, but it is because you know you're right. Like we have had the yeah chill chill bride is very yeah. much a subcategory of the cool girl. Yeah, and it's a real thing, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And the ultimate chill bride is not being one at all, right? Does it? And it kind of it reminds me a lot of um of Valentine's Day, because for years when I was younger, starting when I was a teenager, I remember 
um, being like, Crass commercial holiday, <laughs> kind of bollocks. <laughs> Made it by greeting card companies. Uh, crap. And um, then, you know, getting more and more years into a relationship and realizing, actually, you know, we, we, we don't take that much time to celebrate just romance for romance's sake and maybe it would be nice to do this well this is it because obviously the classic defence of well I can show my love anytime but you don't do but you, you? But you, you don't, don't come home with a spontaneous bunch of flowers or whatever so Precisely. take the calendar prompt take the calendar prompt and uh, there was a, a year where I sort of like stood back from the whole thing and I, I, I realised I like, why have I been actively fighting against my own interests yeah <laughs> why have I been protesting the idea of receiving flowers right and it was the exact same with getting engaged I was like why have I been protesting against having a lovely ring <laughs> a lovely ring just for me a lovely party <laughs> some of the most flattering photos that will ever be taken of you yeah, they're yeah. all nice things to have yeah at the end of the day and so I had this my experience was having this kind of you know, I was with Gav for six or seven years, and oh, by the way, listen, I'm engaged. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> Is this the first yeah. that the sentimental garbage listeners are hearing? I mean, I, I imagine if people have me on Instagram, they'll have seen it. But oh, yeah. if you don't, you... then this might be the first. Yeah, me and Gav are engaged. Da, 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 da. <laughs> And it's like I've took a break from the podcast in June, and it happened in August. So you know, yeah. and now it's December. It got to this point where. I we were I was very too cool girl to to want any of these things and very vocal about it as well. Mm. And then having to begin this climb down. Yes. In around 2019, and I remember it being a real moment for me. And I I'd, I'd be interested to know what your moment is apart from just wanting a party, where I was like, um, I, I Gav came home with me for Christmas or something, and I had this realization of being like, uh this is you being here with me has made Christmas feel easier mm. and has made it feel like I've got some I've got my little team member with me and like I can't get pulled into sort of family politics or acting like a spoiled teenager because I'm home and like all those kind of things that trigger you when yeah. anyone goes home for Christmas I was like I actually feel like myself I feel like both my feet are on the ground and I've had the best time because you were here as opposed Aww. to feeling like it was harder because you were here because I have another person to worry about because he's kind of bound into your family to such an extent at this point that yes. you don't have to babysit him he can actually muck in and help exactly with the kind of managing the emotions of family life and yeah totally. I get, it. I get it, it it's totally that and I was like oh this is what it feels like when someone's not your boyfriend they're your partner and I was yeah. like and I do want to f- to make that official it, what, it did feel emotional and I said to him I was like I, I think I could change my mind and Aww. he was like that's fine we can, we can do that and I was like so should we go and like buy rings and he was like no I want to propose. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I've told you the story before. No, I want to propose. And I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, yeah, it's like one of the few times a straight man gets the chance to be camp. And oh, I, like, I love that rationale for him. Yeah, because yeah. he is quite camp. He's a very big Essex man who just is also a little tan France. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and and um, I was like, that's, that's sweet. That's nice. And then three years passed. <laughs> I remember. I remember. I was on tenterhooks. I remember this time last year we did a podcast. We, we did the did. High Street podcast, and we went for a ramen afterwards. And you were like, "How's it going, man?" I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Really hanging on in there for you." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and and then when we kind of finally talked about it, well, first of all, it, it was kind of like a. Um, a COVID, no money, of course, because that obviously happened. COVID happened after in 2020, which would have been a couple of months after we'd had that conversation. And um, then it just like got to, and this is the, the thing I'd never expected in a million years, which was the pressure of it got to him. Yeah. The pressure of it got to him so hard that he was like, I don't, I, I have so many plans. And and every and I just like, I always just think it's not going to be good enough. And it's not going to like be good enough for us as a relationship of what we built together oh, bless him. you know there's a story we'll be telling forever yeah. and I was like oh my god I totally get it well in the same way that there's pressure on us to be chill brides there must be pressure on people proposing to be chill proposers right yes because you don't want to resort to the cliches you don't want to be Paul Rudd in Friends you know on the basketball big screen whatever yeah but you're also it's like that mad thing where 
you know, when you come to write somebody's birthday card and you suddenly forget every in-joke and every kind of thing you've ever known oh about that God. person. And then you just look at the last text you sent them. Yes, you're like, like what, what's our relationship built on? What yeah. do I reference here? So it's like that times a hundred because suddenly you're having to sum up your entire vibe as a couple. Yes. You're having to prove that you know this person better than anybody else in the world and you know yes. what they would love. And your mind probably goes completely blank. And Honestly, I mean, so I had years of thinking, well, maybe I'll just propose to him. You know, yeah. I was like, there's no reason not to. We're kind of both in the same place with this. Like, mm-hmm. but I think I sort of, you know, I kind of wanted that moment. I sort of wanted yeah. him to do it. And I don't know why. And I don't think it's for kind of patriarchal reasons. I think it was just, I wanted him to come to it. I didn't yeah. want to feel like I was kind of always the one sort of pushing our relationship on, like, let's move in together. Let's kind of you know, go on holiday together, let's take the next step. I wanted it to come from him. And I was also just really intrigued as to what he would do. Yeah. And how it would go. Yeah. Like it's got his end of term project. Yeah. <laughs> like, what have you learned? <laughs> <laughs> but i tell you what is terrifying and you had, I think, a longer wait. Well, no, maybe, maybe it was about the same amount of time to be honest. Yeah. Every time you're anywhere remotely romantic, yeah. you have that slightly queasy feeling in your stomach of like, maybe, mm. maybe it's now. Maybe, I remember going on a walk in, I think we were in Glasgow or something, we were walking along the river and it was quite nice. And he was like, oh, let's just go over here for a minute. And I properly panicked because I thought he was going to propose. And that yeah. was maybe four years before. <laughs> <laughs> I have an exact same stressful. moment at his, um, his nan's funeral. Where, okay. Where I was at, like, and we were at this beautiful church and his, he had been saying something about like how all, all the men in his family had gotten married at this church. And I was like, mm. cool, chill. And um, then he was like, after the ceremony, he was like, can I just take you around here for a bit? And in, like into this like lovely secluded like rosebush churchyard or whatever, and I was like, seriously, mate. Now I I, yeah. I understand the weird backwards logic of trying to cheer up the day because it's been really sad, but like not like this, mate. And then he was like, here's my granddad's grave. No, <laughs> I was like, oh, my father, oh, the relief, <laughs> the relief. Yeah, because you're mentally in already in your head. You're thinking, well, I'm gonna have to tell this proposal story to people. I'm gonna have to. Yes, this will be it forever. And yeah. I, 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 this is something because I'm so stupid and insensitive, but I forget that men experience societal pressure <laughs> of any kind. I, I just assume that their life is the carte blanche to whatever the fuck they want because all of their choices are ratified by society. But I forget that, like, they, they have to tell the story forever. It has to be something, it both, you know, references her taste, her humor, her, like, and also makes the, the sort of, whole romance part of like Arthurian legend exactly you yeah it's you're building your own personal folklore like every, yeah. every one of these decisions you make and then obviously with a wedding again that's kind of yes. yeah tenfold yeah so we've started with engagements and yeah. I'm really glad that we've sort of put that out there because I think there's not enough I think I think it's it's so much about feeling chosen right mm-hmm. and and it's it, ha- it is a weird taboo among a lot of women I think of like because I do think the majority of people have, have have to have a conversation with their spouse or their yeah. partner or whatever. And I, I think it's it's a very taboo thing to talk about because we all want to feel like we were just selected and a hand came down from the gods. Right. And like, I had absolutely no idea. You. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Whereas actually, you're pledging to spend your life legally bound to somebody. It's a bit like people who actually do get engaged completely out of nowhere. I think that's terrifying. Ter- it's like, I, I remember when we switched to fibre optic broadband, it was a conversation. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, come on. As it should be. As it should be. It's a lot to consider. Um, but I want to go back even further and talk about when wedding culture begins in in your brain as a young person. Mm, as a zygote. Yes. Because it is it is kind of crazy to think about how much wedding were served from such a small age. Mm. And I think, you know, obviously we're both millennial women, so we would have been fed on that diet of like early 90s Disney slash the kind of the Disney that would have been coming out in VHS from the past, so Cinderella, yeah. Snow White, probably would have been on video at home, and then we would have gone to see Little Mermaid in cinema. And all of these things are incredibly bride-centric. Everything ends with a wedding. Everything yeah. ends with a wedding. And so I think what becomes naturally connected is like, these these characters are princesses and they live in a fairy tale world and the only thing that your life will ever have in common with theirs is the fact that they get married. Of course, and that's why we are still living through the tail end of that today, which is yeah. women still wanting to be a princess. You know, you watch yeah. Say Yes to the Dress and nine times out of ten, 
those are the words that come out of their mouth, aren't they? It's like yes. occasionally, if you're lucky, you'll get an I want to be a, a woodland nymph or something yes. for a bit of a, a change up. But generally, the princess fantasy, it still, it looms it's the, Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's the only time that you're, yeah. you're going to be able to access that Snow White thing. Like, What was your first real brush with wedding culture? So I was really into musical theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was every every musical that ended in a wedding. Maria yeah. von Trapp. Oh, yeah. You know, which, I mean, and let's not even get into the weirdness of walking down the aisle while a bunch of nuns sing a song about how problematic you are. <laughs> You solved that problem, called Maria. Um, Yeah, and I was I was the kid that would kind of design my wedding dress. You know, Mm. I was very into drawing little kind of fashion drawings from a really young age, and I and I can remember the various iterations through the years of what my wedding dress was going to look like. And there was definitely a phase in the late nineties where I wanted to get married in a very stiff satin Mm. jacquard kind of gown with a little high-collared bolero jacket over oh, the top. Yes. I thought that was like the mm-hmm. last word in, in chicness. Um, and I think that was probably a bit Maria von Trapp. I also had, there was a book which I don't think anyone else will have read it. It was a kid's book. It was called Abigail Again. Presumably there was a first Abigail, I don't remember. but um, And one of the stories in that, she goes to this wedding and it was completely the opposite. And I think this is where the, the kind of chill bride mm. seed was planted. And it's this lovely hippie wedding and mm. the reception is in like a cottage by a stream in the mm. countryside and there's a man with a beard playing a flute and it's all very, and they just kind of pull back the rugs and everybody just dances in this house. Um. There's like a kind of Irish band and mm. it's like, and I remember my mum reading it to me and I think my mum loved this wedding as much as I did. Yeah, yeah. And I remember she she unearthed this book for me like a year or two ago, probably just before I got married. And I almost remember feeling slightly like I was letting my mum down that I wasn't getting married Aww. in a beautiful tumble-down cottage by a yes. river and just pulling a rug back. And, you know, and I actually was splashing some money on paying some professionals <laughs> to... <laughs> engineer a big wedding for me. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll come on to more of that later. But yeah. Um, and then, I mean, it was, uh, as you get older, it's every rom-com, isn't it? Yeah. Like, so for you, was it Disney? Was that the big... Disney was a big, a big thing, but... Um... And I, oh, uh, Robin Hood made Marion's wedding. I think is my yeah. Abigail again. Right, you sent me the picture of yeah. this, and I was like, "Is that really what she wore?" It looks <laughs> like she's got a sheet of A4 paper on her head. It's like, <laughs> I know it is, but, but it beautiful. Is very that Reformation bride who's yeah. like, of course, that looks good. You're thin, <laughs> made Marion. <laughs> but it's very country. I think it's, it, it, it is that pulling back the. The I'm, look, I'm looking at it in now. In the cottage. It's, yeah. She, I think she was a real chill bride. Um, mm-hmm. But f- uh, the other huge one for me, and I think it was because it was just on Sky One a lot, mm. um, Father of the Bride. Yes. Which I still think is a, is a fucking perfect movie. Oh, it's brilliant. It's so good. It's a Nancy Myers, isn't it? It's like an early Nancy Myers. I'm sure you're right, probably. The palette of that is so yeah. interesting because it's like, it's like a movie that's been made for children's eyes. Almost because there's so much like pastel and it's so plush, very and sugared clean. almond. Yeah, yeah, and Steve Martin is just a very friendly face for for kids to love. I think <laughs> I, I certainly loved him. I really gravitated towards him. I don't know why, um, but so it's like so sugary and and yummy, and also that character, his daughter. Have you seen this? Are you remember much? I don't remember much. I've seen it. I've definitely seen it. The thing is that like she's twenty. Yes, because in the 90s, people yeah. in films were getting married at like the age they would have been in the 50s, right? I know. Cameron Diaz in My Best Friend's Wedding is 20, yeah. I think, yeah. or 21. And to be fair, in both films, it's made a point of, it's like, this is too young kind of thing. And, yeah. And the whole thing is that like, he's, you know, there's a line where he's like, you know, two years ago she was in braces. How can this possibly be happening? And it is this sort of thing of this man saying goodbye to his daughter but it's also this thing of like it's the first thing that taught me that weddings are a fucking faff and they're too expensive mm. and, they're, and they're crazy and American weddings particularly I think yeah. at that point there was perhaps a much bigger gulf between American wedding traditions mm. and what people were still realistically doing in Britain maybe yes. but that was potentially at the point where we were starting to catch up and Brits were kind of moving from it, you know, our parents' generation, which was yeah. very like, we went to the registry office and then your mum made some sandwiches and we all yes. went down the church hall afterwards. The ultimate chill brides. Those the ultimate brides. chill brides. Yeah. This is it. Um, whereas then I feel like the Gen X's were starting yeah. to do the, shall we hire a castle? Yes. And yes. Yeah. Cut our wedding cake with a big sword. And <laughs> Well, this is the interesting thing, I think, because this is why I'm so interested in doing this season. Because obviously... 
I still want to talk about like, you know, movies and books and songs and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm kind of more interested in as the further I get into this podcast, and I've been doing it for, for kind of a few years now, is not just culture itself, but what culture teaches us about things that we don't consider pop culture. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like we we learn all these lessons wholesale from from like American movies or whatever. And the same thing with like people always talk about Halloween, right? Of like years ago Halloween was kind of nothing. And then we yep. just sort of learned about what Halloween was through American movies and then we just transplanted those things. Like what have we transplanted? What have we um taught ourselves about weddings through culture that we now see as these unmovable rules that are actually quite new. <laughs> this is it, yeah. You know? what it's, it's almost kind of, it's crossed over to become tradition in inverted commas, yeah. but things that, you know, 20 years ago people hadn't even heard of. Yeah. And, I mean, it's interesting, you know, saying weddings as as culture themselves because I think in recent years they have almost become like following a sport. You know, yes. you can have a recreational interest in weddings. And yeah. I watched Say Yes to the Dress, mm. Don't Tell the Bride, um, the lesser remembered four weddings I love I was literally about to say the lesser remembered four (laughs) weddings that was the best one for me loved it loved it loved it it was on living TV yeah it was like four in a bed if anyone hasn't seen this it was kind of a come dine with me four in a bed style thing but with three random strangers turning up at your wedding to rate it and bitch about it on camera and the thing is that they're all brides and whoever gets whoever gets the best sort of score whoever has the best wedding has like a free honeymoon or a free something to reward them for their good taste yes Exactly. And but I was into all that stuff for years before I actually considered getting married myself. Yeah. And I do think you can almost follow it like a sport. It's almost, you know, Instagram yeah. hashtags, wedding blogs, you know, weddings can be an art form that you kind of Yes. And, ha- and you know, have a you're an armchair critic. You and don't this, necessarily the need to same participate. way with sports where it's like if you look at certain sports and you, you know, I don't I don't obviously I obviously don't follow any sports but there's always this thing where it's like you look back at like the the same athletes in that sport like 100 years ago or 60 years ago and the standards were just far different and you're looking at yeah. like these weightlifters from the 40s and like they, they look kind of like normal guys and right. then you look at them now and they're these incredibly hench like monster men who shouldn't <laughs> exist whose hearts should be exploding for the amount of protein that they eat and the same thing is <laughs> and that's that brides <laughs> that's brides <laughs> Like these hench swole women eating liver, you know, <laughs> like, um, and because it's a, it's like an an inflation of like the more the more interest, the more time, the more money, the more interest, the more time, the more money until it gets inflated to this thing that it's kind of hard to recognise. This is true, and it's I mean, do I have to say it? It's capitalism, isn't it? Like you know, we're all at the mercy of a massive industry. The wedding industrial complex is a yeah. trip. Um, but at the same time, we build our lives around these occasions, you know, yeah. and I always say in defense of like hen weekends and things, which is an entire mm. other topic, mm. like, yeah, I can bitch about hen weekends with the best of them. But also some of my like loveliest memories from the last kind of six or seven years mm. have been spending that extended amount of time with my friends or with a load of brilliant women for a weekend, yeah. because otherwise you don't do that. And if it wasn't for weddings, we wouldn't see our friends as much we wouldn't kind of have those milestones make those memories take the photos yeah and it's interesting because like I think we all go through that you know thing of being like oh god a stupid amount of money to spend in one day Mm. kind of thing and I will I will receive no like judgment on that (laughs) like what people want to spend on their wedding yeah I think it's fine (laughs) (laughs) don't get into debt obviously right this is it I mean it might not be fine for them on a personal level yeah yeah but yeah, no, I'm with you. And the thing the thing I think I hadn't realised until I started planning my own as well is the real torture of planning a wedding is it's very, very hard to know the things that mm. you will regret spending so much money on. You know, you'll yeah. look back and think, okay, that was actually pointless. We didn't we didn't need, you know, five thousand paper cranes or whatever, you know. Yeah. But there will also be things that you will regret not spending more money on. <laughs> so what was that for you then? Um so had I known that the day so we hmm, this is another this is another kind of facet that's grown up in recent times. We had a two-parter wedding, mm, yes. which I think has become very much a loophole mm. for people to um, dip their toe in being the chill bride. I got to cosplay it's as so the chill bride. True, I remember your chill bride photographs. They were yeah, stunning. Thank you very yeah. much. So we just two days before we went to Hackney Town Hall with just our parents and mm-hmm. siblings. And I wore a little vintage mini dress and a little birdcage veil, yeah. um, all very 60s. And we just went and had a lovely lunch afterwards and walked around the park and that was lovely. 
Had I known, so right. it's so cosplaying. It's so cosplaying. It's so funny. And Caroline, I felt so sheepish because I put some pictures from that day on Instagram, and people were so lovely about it. And mm. I had people go, "Oh my god, what a, what a cool bride!" Like, absolutely love the whole vibe. Mm. And I felt like such a fraud because, and I knew that two days later we were still having the big shebang, and I was going to wear a big white dress. And um, and yeah, I felt really embarrassed about that. <laughs> but. Had I known how lovely that day was going to be, mm. we had the weather that day was spectacular, mm. beautiful autumn sunshine, absolutely gorgeous, lovely sunsets, etc. Um, and it was it was just lovely. And had I known, we would have booked a photographer for that as well. Mm. But because I was being the chill bride, mm. it was very much like you know, and obviously the photographer is one of the biggest expenses of a, a wedding. And I, yeah, I was like, we don't need that. It's fine. We just go, you know, got my my younger brother who did a lovely job, mm-hmm. you know. Thank you, Dan. He took 300. Dan, who, aside, currently on the West End stage. He is. Go and see him in Witness for the Prosecution, yeah. everybody. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we knew we could we could trust him to sort of deliver the goods. But yeah, so I wish I'd booked a professional photographer for that day and actually made a bit more of a deal of it because it was lovely. And, mm. you know, we didn't really end up with that many lovely family photos on the main day, whereas mm. we could have had them then. Um, other things I would have spent money on... Maybe getting my hair and makeup done professionally. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I did it myself. Because I'm not planning on doing that. I, I was going to like, I, I don't like it generally when people do my makeup no, kind of thing. This is the but... thing. And I think you and I are potentially in quite a lucky position in that because of our jobs, we occasionally yeah. have to do photo shoots and whatever. So we mm-hmm. at least have a bit of experience and we kind of know that actually sometimes. Yeah having a stranger come in and do mm. your hair and makeup is a terrible idea because yeah. you just end up looking a bit wiggy and strange. And There's a video on the internet of me <laughs> that I would pay any amount. I would, I would give all the money back I got from that spawn con for it not to be there. Right. I look like a wax candle. I, I, I look like a candle of myself. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, Caroline. And my hair is so curly. It's like that real curly blow dry. Well, this is yeah. it. This, this is why I decided to do my own because... I have spent years and years and years getting to a point where I feel like I can do my own hair with my eyes closed. I know exactly how I like yeah. it. I don't really trust anybody else to do it for me. Mm. They would start the waves at a weird point on my face or so it just wouldn't yeah, be right. Yeah. Or when your hair is too sleek after a blow dry. Yes. Me, it's like, it just feels like yeah. liquid and you don't like it. Or for some reason, they style it so that your fringe kind of flicks inwards rather than outwards. Yeah. It just kind of looks like some spaniel's ears. And and also, I don't want to have to like do that thing or like, I love yeah. on my wedding day as well I don't totally. want to totally yeah and also people can't be trusted to give you honest opinions because people will just see the amount of money and effort that's gone into your face yeah. and say you look beautiful because yes. we've been socially conditioned to believe because you've got a face full of professional slap you must ergo look beautiful but I always actually, think of Marnie and girls yeah her when she looks like she's been shellacked yes <laughs> This is it. So I was so desperate to avoid that that I was like, no, I'm just going to do it all myself. I want to be really calm. I mm. even, um, so my husband and his whole family were staying in a very lovely hotel the night before. Mm. You know, I could have gone and stayed there. I didn't. I chose to stay in our own flat on my mm. own purely so that I could do my ridiculously convoluted routine so that yeah. I knew that I could wake up calmly by myself, yeah. do all my hair and makeup. And you know what? I really regret my hair in all the photos. <laughs> Something went wrong with my fringe. I still haven't quite pinpointed what it is. And I will never know whether that would have been better if I had paid a makeup artist, you know, and a hairstylist. Mm. Maybe it would have been worse. Maybe it would have been worse. I, and I, will, I, I have to live with that. Your photos are beautiful. Well, thank you. But this is the other... <laughs> like, when we were texting about this, you sent me a picture of like the, the errant fringe. And yeah, it's I'd like, like highlighted yeah, it in green. Hi- I'd yeah. have a circle of shame around it. Nothing. Yeah. But but I know I but know you know and that's fair and this is the other thing people don't talk about as much as well is wedding regrets because yeah. of course once the day has happened you know protocol dictates that we say it was perfect yeah. and even if things went wrong even if somebody broke a leg at the reception even if it pissed it down all day you say it was just perfect it was exa- it was perfect for us yes it was perfectly imperfect you're not really allowed to say actually, were we to have our time again, we would do this and this and this and this differently. You shouldn't have done that. You know, and it's a really complicated emotion because it was perfect. Yeah. Like we had the best time. It, like, is, it was amazing. There's something of a of a of a soul like bummer when someone says that though. Oh, completely. Because, because it's a bit like when admitting that you wish you hadn't gone on holiday a bit. Right. It's like the idea of like the, the money uh, it's like you know that gif of the raccoon and the candy floss. It's like the money oh no 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 oh, no no no, no. no. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's also it's kind of shattering the illusion for everybody else that whatever yeah. happens, your wedding will be this kind of perfect. Uh, yeah, like, and it, but it was. I mean, that's the thing. It was wonderful. We had the best time. Didn't everyone get norovirus? Yeah, some people got norovirus. <laughs> including me um <laughs> but hey it's a funny anecdote and that's the that other thing a, about being a, a chill bride is you've got to really embrace the funny anecdotes yeah so everything that goes wrong you've got to just be like ha ha you know this is like charlotte and sex in the city mm. with harry spilling dress wine down a dress etc oh. you're meant to just say well we love each other so much that it doesn't matter that we've spent all of our life yeah. savings on this caterer i love that episode it's so good yeah. When Miranda sets fire to the speech, <laughs> I'm always upset because I'm like, I wanted to hear the whole speech. I wanted to hear the whole speech. It sounded beautiful. And, was, and why is Miranda giving it? I don't think they're that close. <laughs> no, but I think it's lovely that she gave Miranda that chance to be vulnerable. I know, and we never got it. No. <laughs> Give it to oh. me. Um, uh, this might be a good opportunity just to go through the, the cultural weddings that stick in our head. Mm. Obviously, we've had the Disney things already. But um, when you, what, something that is just stuck in there. And I thought about it again when you said that you did your hair and makeup alone. Is Monica's wedding in France? Right. She does her own makeup. She does her own makeup and she's got her hair in like a big octopus bun. She doesn't yeah. seem to be about to wash it. I'm like, you're going to have a kink in that. There's there, there's nothing that like tells you more that the writing room was men and friends and the yeah. way they handle weddings in general. Very strange. Very strange. And um, yeah, and I just, I just remember thinking like, it's so weird that she was doing her makeup at her kitchen table, and there was like, a big plastic bag of makeup, and she just yeah, hair in a top knot, and yeah. I was like, and Monica, Monica, you know, so, like, Phoebe, fine, such a betrayal of that character. Completely, <laughs> it was like they had absolutely forgotten everything they had spent like seven seasons or whatever building up. Yeah, Phoebe's wedding in Friends, however, very much the chill bride canon, quite literally, because as we know, she was freezing. She it was freezing. in the snow, but that you know, and I, I do think that as much as we can hold culture responsible for building up these, you know, ridiculously overblown, yeah. hyperbolic kind of um, ideas of what a wedding should be. There is also, there mm. is a proper kind of strong thread of chill brides going through yes. films and TV that do make it seem so romantic when everything goes wrong. The, um, the to stay on friends, the London wedding, Emily's wedding, when they, um, yes. the chapel that they, that they, they it's half destroyed yes, and then they put up the fairy lights. Yeah. That that episode sold so many fucking fairy lights. So I'd many say. fairy lights. And to this day, there is still that fallacy. And I think, I'm sure people said it to us as well, this kind of, mm. well, can't you just find like a, barn. a disused barn yeah. or a warehouse and just, you know, get everyone to muck in and just fill it with fairy mm. lights? No, you fucking can't because it doesn't exist anymore because anybody in 2022 who, who has, has a, a barn, barn. <laughs> they have monetized it up to the oh. hilt. They have brochures. They know what they're doing. I mean, the place yep. we got married is... It's a disused tram shed in Hackney down a cobbled alleyway next to a gym. And and it was still, you know, absolutely top of our budget, like yeah, eye-wateringly yeah. kind of, can we even afford this? Go on, tell me how much. Because they know I'll, what they're doing. I'll bleep it out. I'll bleep it out how much nah. budget. <laughs> I, actually, I, you know, I actually can't remember exactly. So I had this conversation with... Um, uh, my friend Kate Young who's been on the podcast before and who um, for many years had a sideline in waiting, wedding caterers and I was mm. sort of between looking at two venues and, between, and one of them um, was the, the sort of the disused shed vibe but it was more like a compound kind of thing it was more like there's a big hall and then there's cottages around it yes. and, but you basically have to organise everything yourself right lovely and like here's a list of suppliers that are local and the other one was like we're a wedding factory yes <laughs> we make weddings we, we <laughs> one eat wedding, please. we shit weddings <laughs> like <laughs> one wedding please exactly and I went to Kate Young about it and I was like you know doing all the thing and she was just like I'm going to tell you now the difference between a happy bride yeah. and a devastated one is two words and it's dry hire. Oh, it's so true. A dry hire is a, it's basically a place that where you have to do everything yourself. You do the fairy lights, you do the food, you hire the caterer separately. And she's like, it, it, it always goes the same way, which is that um, everybody sort of has to muck in all the friends and family. And that's romantic in itself, right? We have these lovely ideas about how lovely and, you know, pulling in favours from friends and family makes the day so much more special. And it can... Yeah. But you're going to cross a line where it just becomes a piss take. 
right? And she said, like, there's so many weddings that she's catered where um, the friends and family had been up the night before folding fucking origami swans or, like, putting up the fairy lights or doing this or whatever. Or, um, like, the... The, the the caterers have had a, a sort of a breakdown and then we have to go go and pick them up and somebody has to find them and then refrigerate the meat because the fridge is all that kind of shies <laughs> and she's like everyone the next morning is knackered and resentful yeah and that's what it actually does is that everybody feels like like you owe them a favour <laughs> and do you want to go there to that with your I think the trick to that is it's like using people's natural skill sets yeah so I had you know Two of my best friends sang, played the piano at our mm. wedding. Gorgeous. Like, yes, yes. Think when people have talents like that, that they are, you know, mm. and you're confident that they're comfortable and happy and would love to be involved. I think yeah. that is one thing. Asking people to do stuff that they're not in any way qualified for. Yes. <laughs> and have never expressed an interest in yes. doing. That's when it crosses that line, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. I would also say, I've noticed that the, the sober people in my life, mm. the people who are in addiction counselling or, or just are sober... They love being given a job. <laughs> oh, that is true, because you don't have a glass in your hand. You don't have a glass in your hand, and so, so you, you have, have a little have a thing board. that you're responsible for. <laughs> yeah. You can sort of like duck in and out when people are getting a bit much for you. So that's my, that's the only thing I've really learned so far. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if this is the time to say I have also officiated a wedding. Okay. Yeah. Which, How did you find that? I mean, it was probably one of the best moments of my life. It really? was the, the biggest adrenaline rush. It was wonderful. It was my best friend. It, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Um... But there's the ridiculous situation that I've never been in, but I've had friends in it, where you get invited to the wedding, mm. not the reception, and then the e- you are invited to the evening part, which is fine. So if basically, it's, not the meal. So not the meal to That's save weird. money. Yeah, like fine if it's local, but yeah. I've known people who've had to travel halfway up the country to then just go and sit in like a harvester or something on a no. roundabout for like five hours, <laughs> waiting until they're allowed back into the wedding mm. <laughs> yeah wow. so this is something that particularly my single female friends tell me a lot which is that they feel like they get the sort of rent a crowd treatment mm. where they are invited to weddings where they don't really feel like they should be there and they've kind of been invited a little bit last minute I think you actually covered this in your book of like you're on the reserves list yeah 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 and it's so because I think it's such the thing where like single women who are treated so poorly by all of society yeah. so much of the time, they're like, their social value is just grabbed at in a way they find so overwhelming. It's like a dog jumping up on them when they go into a house. That's it. We because need to bring the fun. We need to bring the fun. Fun single ladies. Yeah, she'll get drunk, she'll bring fags, she might snog someone. Right. And she'll also talk to my Uncle David. Yeah, Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It, I think the phrase I use in my book is a matrimonial Tetris piece. Yes! So that, exactly! Yes! Just kind of slotting people in. But then it's so hard, isn't it? Because I think on, you know, on that side of things, yeah, I can completely imagine that feels terrible. Mm. But then when you're planning the wedding and you're trying so hard to balance the money, the guest list, mm. the table plan, the who can, you know, who can we fit in? And you then realise that there's just, yeah, there's no perfect solution to any of this because, yeah, yeah, like you can't afford to give everybody a plus one. That's it. You know, and you also don't want to look around a room full of people and see a load of faces of people you've never met. Right. And I don't think we did this. I think we... Uh, yeah, I'm trying. To, oh God, I'm trying to think now. I'm so sorry to any single friends listening. If we did do this, <laughs> I think we we kind of said to people like, if they had a mutual friend that we knew a bit, please bring them along for the evening, so you've oh, got someone lovely. to kind of dance with and yeah. have fun with. And yeah, I don't think there was anybody. But here's the thing. I, I'm like, like Dolly said to me a few times. She was like, I just don't believe plus ones are a thing. I think that's what. And that, I, I, I mm, so strong stance. I totally get. There's so many ethical stands that people try and make in so, in so many things in life like, ch- like child raising or weddings or whatever where it's like no I, I simply do not see the point of this and I shan't be doing it mm-hmm. and, and then it, when it, the, the rubber really hits the road then we see that kind of start to fold yeah, in on yeah, itself yeah. Um, which is I don't believe plus one is nothing that's nothing you know uh, no one gets one unless we're really good friends with the with the person's partner but then you're like well okay but I'm inviting this person who for example maybe is a a friend from a job three jobs ago. Right. And I love them and I see them every couple of months kind of thing or even less than that. They're not going to really know anybody. Yeah. You know? That's not a fun time for them. That's not a fun time for them. Whereas somebody else who, let's say I see them a lot, they're going to know loads of people, They we work in the same industry, whatever. 
I've met their boyfriend a bit, but I don't know. Like, like does that guy get it? Like, yeah. which guy? Which guy gets which in? Which guy gets in? Yeah. yeah, and and how much will you really care when you look back at your wedding photos in twenty years and there's a random bloke? Yeah, but that random bloke cost me two hundred pounds. Yes, and do you <laughs> do know, know what? I've been I've been the random bloke. The yeah. first wedding that um, Matt and I ever went to, we'd only been together for like less than a year. I'd never even met the couple until yeah. the wedding day, and we sat at the back thinking you know yeah. like we're quite peripheral I think we were even on the reserve list anyway for the yeah. wedding and then the ushers were like oh guys we've got some empty spaces at the front we really need to fill it up can you and I ended up sitting in like the second row at this wedding no my face is in the background Why? of all was of their ceremony the pictures don't know they'd never met me I mean thankfully you know we are still together it's not like I was just yeah. uh, <laughs> No, random right. cameo, but I so easily could have been some woman they never heard of again. And yeah, wow. my face will be forever in forever. Forever in the midst of their their lovely like, you know, exchanging ring photos. It's yeah. just me. Yeah. But it, my parents didn't have any dancing at their reception. I remember asking them what their first dance was because obviously that's a huge thing, oh, you know, right. like yeah. when you're going out with somebody. But it's this other thing where culture and your wedding start to blur together. It's yes. like what, that, that song has to say something. Well, this is it. And also your wedding is a kind of, whether you like it or not, it's an opportunity for you to show the world what great taste you have yes. in everything, right? From, and also like um, names of tables. Oh, it's our favourite Scorsese film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're at Mr. Pink or something. You know, that, that, that's like... And yeah, and trying to balance that kind of, you know, the weird adolescent yeah. urge to be very like cool and actually we're only playing um obscure Canadian indie bands yeah. at our reception. But then at the same time you know that what people really want is Mr. Brightside and you can't fight it. <laughs> That's my, it. my best friend and was I shan't be. She was adamant she wasn't having Mr. Brightside at her wedding. She was like, absolutely not, over my dead body. Yeah. Did she? Of course she bloody did. Ten eight, ten o'clock. DJ Mr. Brightside needs to have an episode of its own on this fucking podcast. I think because it does, you know. It's 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 become the British national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're all coming out of our cage and this, we're doing just fine. fine. <laughs> yeah. I went and found her on the dance floor and laughed in her face. And she was like, I know. You can't fight you it. You can't fight it. You can't can fight try. City Hall or Mr. Brightside. <laughs> you could literally, you know, you could scrub that track from the face of the earth and it would still yeah. play at your wedding. Don't fight it, people. Um, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, but it's like it's all these little cultural choices that you have to make. So it's like um, you have to have something to walk down the aisle to or whatever, a piece of music. Um and then you have to have your first dance, yeah. Right, you have to have your customized sort of pop culture wedding table thing, yeah. And then often the speeches littered with quotes as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean the friends that I married, we literally worked a um, Bridget Jones under Moulin Rouge quote into the ceremony. Really? Yep. How did that go? Really well. <laughs> Though it raised a smile among those who recognised it. To mm-hmm. those who didn't, it just sounded like some slush it's fine so dresses yeah (laughs) I mean horrible you're in the thick of it at the moment right have um, you got your dress have you tried some on I have a dress (gasps) I have a dress but is it the one I don't know oh Caroline, the thing is, like, it breaks my heart to tell you this. You will never know. I will never know. That, you know, ultimately it's like choosing a life partner, right? You just have to pick one because there are infinite options out there. But life is short. I know, I know that I love it. Okay. I know that I feel great in it. 
But I'm like, is it, has it got this like the extra special X factor thing oh, God. that elevates me yeah. to a celebrity? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but also I had this experience where um, I went to you know, dress shopping with my mum at a boutique in Cork and uh, tried on a lot of beautiful dresses. And, um, you know, all of which were like, like a couple of grand minimum, which is yeah. which is more than I want to spend yeah. ever on a dress, um, and it 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 actually gave me quite made me quite depressed. <laughs> oh. Like it was it was fine, and the guy was really nice, and like you know it was it was a lovely experience. It was the thing that you the say yes to the dress experience. Yeah, but it was like realizing all these beautiful dresses that cost thousands of pounds, how tight they are. Mm-hmm. Um, how white they are, which so is white. like the idea of being on my wedding day and not being able to eat dance or hug or people spill. or yeah. spill and and I, I just I, that's not what I'm doing it for I don't yeah. want to do that I mean that's one of the that's one again one of the big questions that I guess previous generations never really had to think about actually no that's not true because my granny got married in pink mm. but these days it's are you gonna wear white and yeah. if so do you feel a bit bad for sort of conforming yeah, you know, and it's like no one's saying you have to wear white anymore, and yet the vast majority of us still do. I don't think I even look good in white. Doesn't suit me. Washes me out. I don't look but good in white. You had a lovely like gold thing. There was motif some, going. I had some gold and silver flowers and really stars going on. It was yeah. really really nice. Thank you. Um, but it, it for me, it's not even about a a statement of like. Purity. purity or whatever what it's, it, wh- excuse me <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> an Irish Catholic girl um, but uh, it's more about spilling I am yeah. a spiller I'm one of life spillers <laughs> uh, you know to quote Phoebe Buffet, um, Phoebe Buffet again I need to live in a land where people can spill I know I, I do need to yeah. and like and, yeah, I can't fair and I, that's just knowing yourself you know <laughs> that's, I think that's fine yeah and also I mean Back to pop culture for a mm. second. Um, Richard Curtis, who has an awful lot to answer for in this sphere in general, mm-hmm. but About Time. Have you seen About Time? Yeah, I like it a she lot. She walks down the aisle in the red dress. Yes. And then it pisses it down. The marquee collapses. Yeah. They all end up soaking wet, crammed into the parents' front room, doing the speeches. And again, I you know, romanticising weddings where everything goes wrong, everything is unconventional. Yeah. You don't have to do any of that stuff. But if you look like Rachel McAdams, it helps, you know. And I just, you kind of think, God, in real life, though, if all that happened and went wrong, would you yeah. feel like it was perfect and the most romantic day of your life? Or would you be thinking, actually, fuck it, I wish we had sprung for summer with a roof. Well, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> what's that David Nichols quote from the beginning of one day where I think that the opening chapter is about, like, how the first flush of, like, weddings in you know one's early 20s and people are just graduating or obviously he's yeah. a, a different generation above us or whatever so people were getting a bit married a bit younger and it being this like lovely sort of like scrappy cobbled together bake our own wedding cake kind of thing and then how it advances that you get older it's, it is like that text in the city quote actually of um your your age and your money and the dress and the expense of the dress it ups the ante at every Yes. level from the Sex and City movie remember when she's of like course. Well, he's like what happened to our little registry office thing with you in the suit and all that and he's like well the dress the Vivian Westwood dress it's up to the ante it is up the ante <laughs> yeah. and I, you know it's funny I remember when I was looking for my wedding dress a couple of friends did say to me well why don't you just do what Carrie was going to do and get the vintage suit yeah. and it's bride funny bride wore that, no one yes people wanted me to do that but they did they do it yeah. themselves <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Um, actually, I was I was with Tommy yesterday, and uh, I was like, I could see him like ending up with a real short king. And she was like, You marry a short king? Yes. <laughs> it's like when someone says they're going to get a pixie cut. Yeah. And, and you're like, Yes, you're you do it so that I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. So I can see how it looks. Yeah. Exactly. So a few years ago, I heard a parable about weddings from a woman that I know who is married and who's quite famous. Mm-hmm. And she had this really lovely wedding when she was really young, in her early 20s, and it was all DIY, made her own wedding favours that were like little, you know, tape decks, made her own wedding cake, second-hand dress, beautiful, beautiful. And then, um, and she loved it. And then the, a few years later, her best friend from home got married and it was a huge circus wedding, enormous dress, five bridesmaids, all of mm-hmm. that. And this friend, this quite famous friend, she 
I was like, what are you doing all this for? Like, what is this? You don't need this. You don't need this circus. Like, why are we all wearing the same color dresses or whatever? And then the friend turned around to her and said, listen, people look at you all the time. <sighs> yes. Yes. And I find that, like, really, really, really interesting. Because, like, even... Even in this, the small sort of media space that you and I work in, where like sometimes you get your picture taken. Yeah. You sometimes get, you get to go to an awards ceremony, as you did a few weeks ago, yes. wearing a spectacular Thank dress. Thank you. It was a Might I add? <laughs> I mean, if you just got married in that, frankly. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I'd be open to it. It was yeah. gorgeous. Um, yeah, we get the opportunity every so often to be a fancy lady. And yeah. not even being fancy, but being listened to. Like, right. e- even if it's like being invited on some shitty panel where there are 17 people in the audience and the social media manager sort of like live tweeting it or yeah. whatever. Um, it's, it's still, people are looking at you, people are listening to you, people have acknowledged that you have things to say. Yeah. It's more than most women still get in this world. Yeah. It's true. And do you, have you ever heard Deborah Francis White of The Guilty Feminist do her kind of uh, speech that she has about why actually sort of we should reclaim bridezilla Yeah. And she believes that it, it's sort of in a weird way a feminist thing for women to have this one day where everything is all about them. Yes. And they want to take up the most space possible in an enormous dress and have everybody look at them and yeah. have everybody cater to their whim, no matter how ridiculous they might that might seem. And yeah, I mean, she explains it far it. better than no, me. I, think but, that, I, think, I do get it. It's yeah. like, I think there's been so many like you know feminist run-throughs of the, of the wedding industrial complex, like from the kind of like, you know, very... Uh, 70s feminist thing of like oh your your dad giving you away what kind of fucking shit is that kind of thing <laughs> your dad's selling you to some other man fuck that and I think we've kind of moved past that now of just thinking like well it's just nice to include dad isn't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now and so it's like it's like every few years weddings have a new feminist wash totally. or something on them and I'm I'm in favour of this one of like yeah it's like because like we all know like there's literally stats to back this up that like marriage on the whole benefits men more than it does women. Yes, they live longer. Yes. They genuinely live longer. Married if they men are married. live longer. Single women live longer. Totally. Like um, we we all know that societies build this way. Women absorb most of the fucking childcare labor, yeah. most of all the kinds of labor. It's horrible. I wish to change it. I hope my marriage will be different. I still know that I'm gonna be the person that my kids school calls when they fucking lie everywhere do you yeah, know what I mean? that's not changing anytime that's soon that's not changing and so try as we might yeah it's it's a bit like Indiana Jones just grabbing his hat as the door closes it's kind of thing it's like <laughs> give her this yeah it's gonna be so fucking hard for her and I think I think you're completely right when I when I try and examine my reasons for deciding ultimately that yes we did want to get married mm. part of it probably was because we also knew we wanted to have kids and I think we were like, well, and you know, plenty of people have kids and then maybe have a, a lovely wedding later on with their kids yeah. there and that's gorgeous as well. But I think there was a part of us that was just like, well, let's just have one last really selfish, yeah. frivolous, massive party uh, yeah. before that door closes. And, you know, we then become kind of people who have to be responsible for other people for the rest think, of forever. Like, if we really think about what marriage is, it's like it's like agreeing to like... If your dad gets dementia, I will move to your hometown. Right. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, once told a friend, and I'm really sorry if my parents are listening to this, but I do think this is, it's quite beautiful in its own way. I once told a friend that I would never marry anyone unless I was absolutely sure that if they needed to, they would wipe my parents' asses. Because that like, is, I think that that is marriage. That is a long-term yeah. commitment to somebody is knowing that you will, like you were saying earlier with Gav, like you will be a part of their family. Yeah. You will step up and do whatever that means. Yeah. No matter how hard things get. And that is sentimental. And it's worth it's worth putting your money where your mouth is in a way. Like, I'm not saying everyone should spend fucking 20 grand on their wedding or whatever, like, crazy number. But um, I think there's something in that. Yeah, I it's, totally get why we know? still have that urge in this day and age to yeah. do that. Even though no one's demanding it of us, it's not necessarily yeah. obligatory. But it still feels really special to kind of say, actually, no, we want to commemorate every word, like everything we've achieved so far in being this couple yeah. and everything we are planning to do in the future. Yeah. And let's, you know, be able to look back on some photos of us looking really hot when we decided it, because now we probably don't. Now we probably <laughs> don't. Because life got a bit real. Yeah. Yeah. And that we get this like one little day of fantasy before, as you say, yeah, life gets really real. Yeah. Or even, you know, I think for people who have had a lot of real life 
before that moment to get yeah. to step out of it for a day and say, well, you know, let's just be Hollywood stars for a day to each other. I love weddings. I absolutely love weddings. This is the thing, you know, I can... Yeah, like I can bitch about a lot of the details, yeah. but I, I've been to, so Matt and I have been to 29 weddings, I think, together, including yeah. our own. And I've had a brilliant time at every single one of them. Yeah. I love them. Some of my very happiest memories have been forged through weddings. Because like, the thing is, if you're interested in human behaviour, yeah. you're interested in weddings. Oh, yeah. Because like, it just puts people in this... Particularly, the speeches is always my favorite part of a wedding. Really, it yes, because really, it's like people who aren't used to public speaking who have been forced to come up with something. That's it. And some of the best speeches are not the funniest, the most articulate, the no. slickest. They're the ones where somebody who is not used to holding oh, a microphone tears me apart. Tears me apart. Just speaks from the heart. Yeah, uh, you know, or even just tells some slightly stale jokes or whatever that they maybe got off the internet. Yeah. But the fact that they're standing up there doing it, I think, is so moving. Do you know what always makes me cry what? when a mum speaks? <laughs> yeah especially if the dad's like dead oh don't <laughs> sorry Stop it, it. Just, it's too much and actually just the joy of getting to see your friends in that wider context you know I yeah. love even if it's weddings of people like maybe sort of my husband's friends people I don't know as well getting to see them surrounded by their family getting to hear stories from their childhood yeah. you suddenly have a much ri- richer understanding of who that person is and where they've come from and why they are who yeah. they are and I think that's lovely and my, my sort of like biggest I think every person's real biggest fear about a wedding is like looking in a room and seeing all these weird component parts of your life and see, and like looking over and seeing like the weird uncle with the yes. the friend from three jobs ago right. and being like what the fuck are they talking <laughs> what about what are they talking about <laughs> And you can't know. You can't know. And you can't be everywhere in that room, so you're just going to have to deal with it. Right, because I never have birthday parties because I do feel very vibe controlly. I feel like I need to know that everyone's having a good time. And I end up sort of like flitting over to people and being like, you, uh, that's a Bridget Jones thing. It's like, it loves horse riding and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Is it terrible about Chechnya? It's one of the hardest things I think about, uh, yeah, about having your own wedding is that, yeah, you can't control ultimately how much fun people are having and when and where and how. Yeah. So like I definitely had a couple of moments at hours where a song would play that I had specifically put on the playlist imagining all of my closest friends dancing with me to this one song and then yeah. that song came on and they were all outside getting a toasted sandwich. And yeah. you know, and you really had to stop I had to stop myself doing a bit of a like where is everybody? It's my day. Yes. Oh. But then you have these other magical moments that you can't even predict so like for us, we decided to have a. We had a sing along with a, a, a. We had a guy with a piano yeah. come and do like a oh, kind of that. good old knees up around the piano kind of thing. Was it like after the band, uh, we didn't actually have a band. Oh, we wow. just did our own playlist. We didn't have a DJ. Caroline, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'm a chill bride. Uh, do you regret not having a band? No, I actually don't at all. Really? No, I have to say, and that was something that people really tried to put us off. We had people going, no, you need a professional. You need yeah. a professional to pick up on the vibes of the room and to mix one track into the next track. And no, we just had a Spotify premium. We spent like months, you know, mm. carefully curating and the the entire day. So we had a playlist for before the ceremony, after the ceremony, for the meal, oh. for the dancing. But then we did have this guy with a piano who came and did a sing-along. Oh, that's And it good. was at the sweet spot of the evening where everyone had had like just enough to drink to get really yeah. into it. And we did, I think it was about eight different songs. We had some proper like sing-along classics. We started off with Sweet Caroline because the Euros had been on and mm-hmm. everyone was kind of into that. We had Don't Look Back in Anger. We had Life mm-hmm. on Mars. Um, but the absolute best moment, I think, of the entire day was we had Never Ever by All Saints. Oh, because for our generation, getting to do the the spoken word intro bit, just <laughs> magic. But the best thing was looking up and seeing my parents yeah. and my husband's parents and my auntie and uncle with their word sheets very earnestly chanting, you know, a few questions that I need to know. Oh my God, <laughs> How you so can sweet. ever have... And it was just magic. And I could never have predicted that that would be probably the best moment of my wedding but it was just wonderful this like euphoric wave of kind of uh, like communal yeah fun and emotion (laughs) we've been talking for absolutely ages we really have and I could could go on for hours I know there's so much more (laughs) 
Um, thank you for coming on this podcast. Oh, thank you as always. For You're always me. one of my favorite guests ever, anytime, any place. And you have a book coming out in April, don't you? I do, and there is actually a small wedding in it. It's a really good wedding. I thank really like it. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's not a pivotal part of the plot, but there, there's a wedding. Um, I do. It's called Preloved, and it is out on the 27th of April, which is yeah. It's so good. It's what it's like. It's one of my favorite things I've read in absolutely ages, and like I just think. What I loved about it so much was that it was like, I know it's become like a quite a, quite pat to say like, it's about love, but the relationship is between two, two best friends or whatever. But what it's, what it's so good at is like, it's this love story about people and stuff. Stuff. And the people and the, and the relationships that we have with our stuff and how those although those relationships are brief that stuff lives on forever and yes there's like a sustainability element to that but it's also about like how things become new with new people all the time and also how but then it's like how people can become new people with new with, with, all the time you know Caroline, you've summed it up far better than I have ever managed to describe my own book thank you yeah uh, yeah that is kind of the idea so it's um, yeah. the, the main story is cut through with all these little kind of vignettes that tell the story of various objects that have ended up in a charity shop and who goes on to buy them and some of the things that you might walk past and think was just junk on a shelf yeah. actually can end up being incredibly important in somebody else's life thank you so much for coming on again thank you and um, good luck with the wedding <laughs> thanks this has been Sentimental Garbage and I've been Caroline O'Donoghue the podcast was produced and edited by me with mix and music by Harry Harris and artwork by Gavin Day. If you'd like to email me about the pod, you can do so on sentimentalpod at gmail.com or get in touch with me directly on Twitter or Instagram at ZaraLine. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com